You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. Coming to you right across Australia today, live from Hobart, Tasmania, and each weekday at 9am. And for those listening in Tasmania, you can also catch us at 4.30pm each weekday. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and every Monday we have David Leo as our program presenter. Welcome, David. How are you, David? I'm well. I'm well, thanks, Jason. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And uh, you're up in uh, Devonport this morning. What's the weather like up there? Yes, it's grey, wet, a lot of clouds. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Well, it's not raining down here, although it did sprinkle this morning, but it's not too bad down here in Hobart, so... Um, David, let's uh, talk about a couple of things. The first thing is that uh, this is our second week in this series, episode Mm -hmm. number two, and there could be many listeners across uh, the nation who missed out on our first episode live last week because we're only broadcasting to Tassie. So if you are one of those listeners and you'd like to catch up with our previous episode for David on last Monday, you'll find that on the Faith FM website or the Faith FM app under our program Tassie Encounters. Mm. So but just just so that we can um, lead into uh, today's topic, we'll, we'll do a short recap shortly. But just before we do, I've got something to uh, share with our listeners. Um, we've got an offer coming up a bit later. It's uh, called Real Peace, Real Answers, and it's a little book. It's a beautiful little book, and uh, you can text in our Tassie Encounters number, which is 0488 So take a note of that number, 0488 double eight zero eight nine one and later in the program we'll give you a code word that you can text in and receive the book real peace real answers and there's something else happening up in devonport in not too long david called the Livemore project in tassie so if you're in tassie you're listening and you're up around the devonport area uh, have a listen to this david what's the Livemore project all about so it's about um it's about health and well-being and for 10 weeks it's a 10-week challenge and every week there's a specific thing or specific challenge that we're um we're asked to do and what happens is you we come together just uh one session every every week and devonport is going to be a thursday evening six to seven and we watch a 15 to 20 minute video about a particular um a particular challenge for example there's one thing that says um uh more blue and green and basically what that challenge is is encouraging everyone to get outdoors more, to see more sky and so, see more grass. And so that's that's one particular challenge. Another one is to get at least eight hours sleep, seven to eight hours sleep. And so we do this as a group because as a group, it's uh, it's easier to keep each other accountable. And it's, it's much more encouraging. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting challenge. I did it, with, I did it um, a couple of years ago now, and I remember uh, one of the challenges was to see the sun rise. Wow! And awesome. Yeah, that was during that was during winter. So I took my kids along for the challenge, and it was quite challenging. We we're in our jackets and our beanies, and we watched the sun come up together. And then we did it for like the rest of the challenge. Da- down in Tassie here, it's a lot easier to do that in winter because the sun comes up much later. Yes, yeah, that's right. But but if you're uh, if you're somewhere up <laughs> in the summer, uh, yeah, if you're up in the summer, then you got to get up very early uh, to to see the sunrise. That's right. Um, so that program we're going to be running in other places around Tasmania as well. Um, but if you want 
to get a bit more information about it, you can also text that number, that Tassie Encounters number, 0488880891. If you text the word live more, one word, live more, you can receive a link which will send you to a website where you can get more information about the program and it will show you the dates where the programs are running around different places in Tassie and we'll uh, be uh, letting you know where those are um, during the week this week. The first pro- uh, the first Devonport one that uh, is near where David is is on the 27th of May. Mm-hmm. So David, let's get into our program today. Your program segment is called Encounters with Jesus and last week, tell us just in a, a short um, few sentences, what, what's the uh, summary of last week's program? Yes, uh, so um, I'm talking about people that encounter Jesus and their experience, and I wanted to introduce this idea of um, what it means for Jesus to, to be with us. I was trying to impress, I'm hoping, I was hoping to impress how amazing it is that this idea that's found in John 1 verse 1 to 3, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was was God. So it's also about, that's... that's um, telling us that Jesus was here from the very beginning, right? And that the word that's used, logos, it's a, an interesting word that says to us it's impossible for something of that nature to be human. And so that, that, that word came from the Greek philosophy, is that right? Yeah, yeah, the Greeks made that, made that word famous, and yep. then John uses it to say, um, listen, uh, he, that logos that, that I know... <laughs> He became, he's come in flesh. Yeah. He's human, just like one of us. Yeah, And so that's yeah, the beginning of just trying to appreciate how much the impossible uh, Jesus makes possible. Yeah, through, through uh, becoming human and, and mm. experiencing life as we experience life. That's right, yeah. So tell us uh, what today's program is about. So today we're going to um, jump into John 2, which is Jesus' first miracle. And it's in an interesting place where he has his miracle. It's um, told water to wine today. We're looking at water to wine. And uh, it's found in John 2, uh, verse 1 to 12. And uh, the idea I want to impress upon you today is that when you follow Jesus, um, life is never the same. Every day is a fresh experience and a new challenge. And it's it's amazing. It's it's awesome. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll jump into uh, Let's read the story. Yeah, hey, um, Jason. Yeah, would you would you mind reading it for us? It's sure. Okay, in John two for anyone else that wants to read along with it. Do, do you want me to read uh, the full twelve uh, verses? Or just, yes, please. Yep. yep. Okay. So I'm reading from the English Standard Version Bible, mm-hmm. and it says, "On the third day there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples." When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding about twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, 
and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you've kept the good wine until now. This is the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there for a few days. Mm. So there's... um. There's a few players in here. We've got the mother, yep, the disciples, got the servants, got the, <laughs> yeah, you get the servants and the MC and the uh, and all the invitees or the uh, people that are at the wedding. Yeah, who do you think? Uh, who do you relate to the most, and what what what's, what interests you there, Jason? Oh, that's a good question. Um, perhaps the servants. I'll relate to the, the servants. servants. Yeah, doing yeah. the work. <laughs> yeah, well, when we when we sum it all up, when we sum it up um, really quickly, you know, <laughs> you know, what, what, uh, quite often people ask, "Oh, why would Jesus talk like this to his to his mum?" To his you mother, know, like, yeah. Uh, it sounds a bit, yeah, it sounds almost a little bit rude, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. it does. Um, and and a lot of people in history have spent time trying to reconcile this, but uh, it's not the first time, and it's not the last time he uses this. But I think this is a quite um, Common, common uh, use of of phrases back then when you're addressing um, your mother or father. It's just uh, it's, it's it is respectful. The literal the literal uh, interpretation is, um, woman, what what to you and me? That's the literal translation. What to you and me? Right? Um, and she implies they have no wine, which kind of implies, can you do something about this? And um, yeah, so Jesus is definitely not being rude in, in this uh, address to his mother. In fact, he says in, in another place in the Bible, he says, "Woman, um, you know, see your son when he when he's on the cross." But that's a diff- totally different story. But in in any case, he's not being rude. And then he says, "My hour has not yet come." Yeah. So there's something. Yeah, there's something. He speaks in a kind of um, cryptic way here, or, or a way where the mother's probably thinking, "What? What do you mean?" You know. Um, it's interesting, isn't it, how um, he said that, and yet then he went on and did it. So something must have uh, happened, transpired. transpired. I, I guess we can only um, surmise, use our imagination as to what happened between this conversation and then the instruction to the servants. But uh, something yeah. changed. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, Jesus doesn't do things without you know being intentional. Mm. So. And we learned that he does things, you know, when he he he's about his father's business. You know, he's always doing it when he speaks to his father. And but it's interesting the faith that his mum exercises. His mum said to the servants, "Do whatever he tells you." Mm. You know, so I suppose when you say the servants, you know, they stand out for you. Mm. <laughs> they just listen. They just they just they're ready to take instruction from Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah. And and they also they also took instruction from the mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Instruction on the mom Speaking as well. of mother, it was Mother's Day yesterday, it so uh, we need to we need to listen to our mothers. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think in the next next segment we'll jump into the you know the changing of the the water to the wine, which which gets really interesting. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, let's take a break. Uh, just remember that number. You can text us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. 
and uh, you can text us a code word, which we'll give you later, but you can also text us any time if you'd like to just uh, communicate with us, you know, ask us a question, what have you. Um, here's a beautiful song, and it's called Hallelujah Is Our Song. What hope we have, even in the longest night, for the
Sarah Croger with Hallelujah is our song. So David, we were reading the uh, second book of John, yep. the wedding at Cana, and uh, they'd run out of wine, and Jesus' mother asked him to do something about it. Mm. So uh, where do we go with this discussion, David? Well, we're talking about you know how he he was being respectful to his mum. So you know in the in the West, the way we read, we we, we think oh it sounds rude, but he he definitely is not. And um, yeah, so they're left in a bit of a conundrum, and Jesus effectively takes action, and he says to the servants, you know, fill the jars with water. These these jars that are um, reserved for purification ceremonies, he says, fill them up, fill them up with some water, and it's interesting. Um, they do what he says, and then he says, "Take it to the take it to the wedding where, where the the event is taking place, and they're celebrating." And um, when they start filling up, the MC says, "Oh, wow! You know the the water the, this this wine. Usually they save the um, they they serve the best first, and and then you know it just it gets watered down as it goes along because they're running out." But he says, "Oh, you you save the best for last." Yeah. And. Uh, the Bible makes mention that the servants knew where it came from, right? Yes, the of course, knew where it because came from, they had followed the instructions, yeah. That's right. And the, But the guests, they have no idea. Yeah. You know, they, 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 they don't know where it came from, neither, neither does the MC. And, you know, I'm I mean, just, I'm just re- rereading that verse. There are six yeah. stone water jars, right, mm-hmm. each holding 20 to 30 gallons. I've just done a quick calculation in my head. That's about six or seven hundred liters of uh, of wine. That's a lot of wine. That's a lot of wine. Yeah, we didn't get to. Yeah, it must have been a big feast with a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, and because the wedding's back then, you know, it's um like in Stilson, some places the whole village comes together, the whole town comes together. It's not just invited guests. And know, it so. happens over a long period of time as well. That's right. That's now, right, yeah. Now, I guess um, over, a week, over a week. It would have been quite embarrassing too to the, the groom's family or whoever, I guess, was hosting the wedding if, if they uh, ran out of wine. That would have been a bit of an embarrassment, I guess. Yeah, yeah. If it's anything, uh, you know, my, my background Sam more. We, you know, usually um, there's a, we say that it's better to have food left over than not enough for the guests, you know. Yeah. Other, otherwise, it looks like you got pie on your face. Mm. But, uh, yeah. It's, anyway, uh, I, I, I diverted the the discussion there, David. <laughs> we'll get back to to where you were going with that. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll go back to you know Jesus has come. Um, uh, other gospels mention what he's been up to. He he got baptized. He was in the wilderness for forty days, and he's just come back and reunited with his mum again. And the disciples have got lots to say. You know, they're telling everyone what. Jesus has been up to what he's been talking about, the miracles he's been performing, and the mother's hearing it. She believes, and and now we've got these servants who are carrying out the work that Jesus has asked them to do, and they're wondering, oh, when did that happen? When did the transition take place? So, so not, we don't even know when it took place. Yeah. We don't know whether it took place at the time they were filling it with water or when they were carrying it. You know, because uh, obviously Jesus, they put water in, and uh, the next time they. Um they They're pouring, uh, it. pouring it. It yeah. was wine. Yeah, and then yeah. that's right. And then they hear the MC say, "This is the best wine ever," and they, and they must have been thinking to themselves, "How did how did that happen?" You know. Hmm. And the MC and the guests, they're just going, "This is amazing," you know. And it's and it's 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 um one of the great things I pick up from this is you know when you serve when you serve Christ. I was telling you, I was saying, <laughs> it's it's refreshing to 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 live with Jesus, and uh, you know 
the servants just do what Jesus says. They don't know how he makes these miracles. But when you're doing the work of Christ, people are blessed without even, and you don't even know how it happens. Mm. You know, you just you just listen to what Jesus says. <laughs> and then people might say a compliment. You know, people might say, hey, David, thanks for the thing that happened, for this uh, thing that you did. And you don't think anything of it. All mm. you did was, you know, you're just doing what Jesus asked you to do. And these people get to celebrate and um, say how how wonderful this thing you know this thing is or whatever the servants did yeah. and uh, you know that, that's such a great place to have, you know it's such a great place to have it happen this event mm. and the, the actual the wine you know this this point the fact that this was the best wine of the whole ceremony you know is that significant as well yeah it is because uh, what Jesus applies is the best yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So when yeah. when Jesus gives us something, it's it's better than we had before. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And that's what we, yeah, what we want to talk about. And yeah. you know, having having this happen at this event at a wedding, you know, I, I often ask the question: I wonder why? Wonder why Jesus chose a wedding to perform his first miracle? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a that's a good question. And uh, in the next segment, I'm talking about the replacement this replacement theme and. I, I can only I can only deduce it to this, Jason. Yeah, I believe that that, that uh, Jesus is reminding his people and people that will follow him and people that believe in him that he's a God of relationships. You know, and the the, the marriage is where you know, this is the core of relationships. It's um it's the centerpiece of how communities are you know, where communities come from. And we see the relationships here throughout this this. You know, passage where you've got the relationship with the mother, the relationship with the host of the the wedding, mm-hmm. the relationship with the servants. There's a lot of yeah. relationships just uh, in in indicated, and then of course the relationships with his brothers and his disciples. That's um, right. They're yeah. all they're all part of this uh, this uh, passage, and we can see that Jesus cares about those relationships and those people. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. You know, in, in the in the Old Testament, there's a story of um, a guy named Hosea and there's a song of Solomon's, but often, often God uses this analogy of a husband and wife to express his love for his people. Yeah. You know, and um, he uses that over and over again and then he comes in person and then his first miracle is performed at a wedding. You know, it's like a, it's like a reminder. Remember the the husband that I am. Well, now I've come and I want to bless this wedding. And he comes to a you know he he could have went to a um he could have went to the courts of the the leaders of the Jews you know the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees and stood before the temple and performed something mir- miraculous there, but he chose the wedding of the common people mm. to, you know to to start his public ministry. Mm. Uh, I think that that says a lot about uh, about Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, that he's that he's close to us, that he understands us and wants to, you know, remind us that hey, I'm the I'm the master of relationships. In the beginning, you know, I, I when I created heaven and earth and I created Adam and Eve, they were my children. And I come here and still are, you know, yeah. and um it's a it's a good reminder because when we talk about the replacement thing, there were things that God put in place like uh, you know, certain rituals and uh certain um uh, practices and traditions that were to remind God's people of this relationship. But then, you know, it's, it's, it's always a shame when, you know, when I give my child a gift and, uh, 
they end up enjoying the gift more than me. <laughs> you know, that's a bit of a slap in the face, you know, but this is, this is, this is what happened to God's people. They started getting more obsessed with the, the things that God had set up than God himself. Yeah. And then Jesus comes. This is, this is what it was all, all about. From the very beginning. Let's go to a break, David. It's a it's a good uh, time. There's a song here that um, we actually played last week uh, by a friend of yours, Noema yes. Moore, and it's called "What the World Needs." Great song.
Ema Moore, What the World Needs. So, David, we've been talking about the first miracle of Jesus where Jesus replaced the water in the jars with wine because they'd run out. And mm. uh, when he did that, the wine that uh, was was made in those jars was uh, not just ordinary, but it was the best. The best? Yeah. The best wine. Yeah, not only just the best wine, as you pointed out, there was... You know, roughly 700 liters of <laughs> the yeah. best wine. So there's there was a lot lots to go around. Yeah, yeah. so massive celebration. So we, we, we learned here, um, this is uh, introducing an idea as, as we get, as we spend more time in the next few Mondays, I'm going to flesh out this, uh, this theme that John seems to point out, that this replacement theme, that um, Jesus is coming to uh, replace a lot of the things that uh, have been taught to the the Jewish people, to the uh, about the the temple, the feast, uh, the, the celebrate all the holidays that they had. All the holidays was pointing towards something, and these cultic objects and all these various things that they, they were told to practice and have as a tradition. And Jesus comes along and says, "All those feasts, all those holidays, they're, they're about me. Uh, the Jewish temple it was pointing to me. And all these cultic objects, all these practices, all these things that you're doing." I've come to replace that, you know, and um, there's a, as I pointed out with, you know, how frustrating it can be when you give a gift, when I give a gift to one of my kids and then the, the gift seems to have, to be more important than me, mm. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, and then, you know, you you trying to work on this relationship, but the object or the practices or the cultic things come become more important. And I, you know, one of the things I, I think, which is amazing, you know, when I try to, when I thought of a people that go to Olympics, you know, they train, when I think about the 100-meter sprinter, you know, they, they train and they practice and they do all these things for four years, and then there's a 10-second, oh, wow, if, you know, how fast they go. And, and, but, yeah, maybe a, a minute or two, depending on what they're doing, but yeah. Yeah, and it's that moment, it's yeah. that one moment that matters, you know, yeah. everything that they've done comes up to this point Mm. and Jesus was trying to say hey everything that matters that hour that he's talking about my hour has not yet come he's talking about um, him being the Messiah and you know in in about three 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 and a half years he's going to be on the cross and everything everything is about that moment Mm. you know everything hangs on that moment all these practices and and so all of the Old Testament or the old old uh, practices and rituals and ceremonies were pointing to this time. Yeah. And but pointing could you to Jesus. That's right. Uh, but, but could you imagine if, um, you know, you just got obsessed with the practices and didn't worry about that moment, mm. the Olympic moment? Mm. <laughs> you know, I guess that's... You just thought, you know what? This moment's not as important as, my, as the times that I spent. I, mm. I think I enjoy... You know, I'll, I'll just I'll just prefer practicing. I don't I don't want the real thing. And I guess that can happen in our in our own lives. And you know, if we attend church, we can get into this ritual, this habit of of going through the motions without it actually being what it's meant to be. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's not um, just not just the old Old Testament or the Jews uh, at that time, but it can apply to us as well. Absolutely, yeah, you're right. It, it, it's um, yeah, you could, whatever your practices are, you, it becomes that thing becomes more important mm. than who it's actually about. Mm. You know, I um. So so know, why was the wine so important, David? Well, you know what? What's this? This you know this symbol, the first miracle, uh, water to wine. Why is that significant? That's a good question because it's interesting when we're talking about replacement. Um, because one thing is one thing we need to keep in mind is those things that they, they've been practicing for a long time that they held important. They're not insignificant. They are important. But Jesus comes and replaces them, and then he replaces them with these two simple. Two, just two very simple rituals that Christians practice to this day. Uh, Jason, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, if you're talking about wine, I'm guessing that's uh, communion. Yeah, so you've got communion. Hmm. And there's another one, uh, baptism. Yeah, so okay, baptism, from water. Yep, okay. That's right. Baptism is a um, is is something that Christians do to, to uh, publicly announce, just like Jesus did his public ministry. They publicly announce, I'm a now a follower of Jesus Christ. And a communion... Is for the community to come together and constantly remind each other that we are disciples of God and that God, uh, regardless of our, our walk and our journey, God still loves us and we take partake of uh, bread and this wine or grape juice that um, that, that we use. And um, what what why this is significant is because when we come to Jesus as um, as we, as we, if we come to Jesus as we are. You know, he turns that water, just like we are. What comes, what what comes from the result of accepting Jesus Christ, is the best wine or the best life that we can ever have afterwards. Our lives are never the same when we understand who Jesus is to us, and we accept him and say, "I want to follow Jesus from here on in." That wine is a representation of uh, a Bible verse that says, "Great is God's faithfulness; His mercies are new." Every morning, mm. is, that, this, is this, that from Psalms? Uh, Lamentations. Lamentations. Lamentations okay. That's from yeah, and and this says the, the, the idea here is you know it's so you know when you do something really exciting you know like um, you take up mountain biking you think mountain biking is really cool and you get right into it you buy a bike you watch the YouTube videos you do all these things and then after about two months it just fades off. <laughs> you know? Yep. You pick up another pick up another thing and it's joyful and whatever. And it could be anything that we get into life. Um for some reason it, it loses its taste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the wine here, the best wine, Jesus is telling us, when you're with me, every day you get the best tasting wine. Every day you get the best out of life. Every day there's a challenge that's gonna that I'm gonna make you grow. That you know, there's going to be people that you meet. There's going to be things that I'm, uh, you know, like I challenge you with, um, and you know, it makes it makes life really exciting. Yeah, <laughs> and, know, and, and just your constant need, Jesus, uh, just give me the word, and I'll serve you. Just tell me what I need to do, <laughs> and I'll, I'll I'll do it, and I'll just watch you perform miracles. <laughs> 
I guess it's, a, it's sort of a, a, a contradictory message to what we hear generally in our society is that, you know, we have to we have to make our best life ourselves. You know, it's all about us and the decisions oh, yeah. and the choices and how hard we work and, and you know, all of that sort of stuff. I guess luck comes into it as well. Mm. But this is, this is saying something completely different, isn't it, that we're, it's not our own efforts that are going to give us the best life. It's actually, yep. it's actually um, having that relationship with Jesus that actually transforms our life where we can actually stop worrying about all those other things that we have to put our, our uh, effort and, um, you know, our energy into, our focus and, and what have you. When we, when we have that relationship with Jesus, some of those things have less importance in our life. Absolutely. You know, you, you said before about the... Um about the traditions and uh you know where things just you just take things for granted you know and just just move through the motions and when you want to bring it closer to home and, and where we're actually reading the passage from it's disastrous when it happens in um uh, you know with our own spouses you know you just you just pass through the night without talking and we just take for granted what each of us are, are doing during the during the day mm. and then get asleep wake up in the morning and you and you forget this is the one that I um I made a commitment to to get to know and you know grow together and continue continue growing and uh, you know that's I think that's another an, another look at when things that don't matter you know uh, for mowing the lawns taking the trash out um, getting the kids ready for school all all those things uh, I'm, I'm not saying they don't matter they're important but we make that the focus and forget to engage with the person that we're doing this with, mm. you know, and, and yeah. Jesus is bringing back this reminder, hey, these things are great and they're important, but don't forget who's <laughs> behind everything. And as you said, um, it, it is, it's it's telling us that we, the water tells us we have issues, we've got problems. And the water came from purification jars. Yeah. Yep. When Jesus purifies us, it's not water, not water anymore, we, we get the, we get the life-saving wine from Jesus Christ, which is, uh, you know, we're going to talk about that, that symbol uh, sometime on a, on a Monday morning. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think I've said enough, Jason. Let's, let's, uh, let's go to a break, and I'll just remind our listeners of the number 0488-880-891. You can text us shortly. We'll give you the code word to receive our offer today, Real Peace, Real Answers. It's a beautiful little book. Mm. We're going to listen to this song, and I guess it reminds me a little bit that uh, sometimes we can, uh, our lives can become stuck, they can become dry, they can become lifeless. We just go through the motions. And this song's talking about asking God to refresh us. It's mm. called Ashes and Sand. It's actually written by a friend of mine, Sarah Gracie. Sky, let the rain of your promise. 
that was Sarah Gracie with Ashes and Sand. Now, David, uh, just so our listeners know, we've got David Leo. Uh, he is the pastor in Tasmania of Devonport and Deloraine churches. We didn't uh, talk about that today because we did talk a little bit about that last week. But uh, with our program today, we've been talking about... Recently, we just in our last segment, we were talking about how there was these old practices and old rituals and and uh, things that were done to point towards Jesus and mm. point towards what he was doing. Um, we don't practice them today. So, you know, is there actually any value? Is there any point in understanding anything about those old practices? Do we actually need to understand what they're all about? Why, why not just get rid of them all altogether? Yeah, no, I, I, they're, they're incredibly valuable um, because you know when you think about uh, you think about. I remember when I went through a photo album when I was a kid. I was probably about thirteen or fourteen at the time, and I was at a friend's place, and um, oh, my dad's dad's friends, dad and mum's friends, and we went through this photo album, and I was just flicking through, and I could see them in their seventies and their butterfly collared shirts and whatnot. And I came across this photo of of this man standing on a picnic table. He had um, he had one foot on the ground, one foot on the picnic table chair, and a cigarette in one hand and a beer in the other. And he had this afro, you know, and he had all the seventies gear. I was like, man, that face looks familiar. And um, I said to Dad, Dad, is this you? <laughs> and, uh, that, that would and have my, been a, a surprise to you. Oh yeah, yeah, and it was, and and my and my dad's friend went, yeah, that's your dad, you know. This is the, and as a, you know, as a young young teen boy, I'm trying to put together this dad that I know. Mm. Right? I'm looking at my dad. I'm like, man, I, this this is not the same dad that I knew from. I, I can't reconcile the two pictures, you know, because my dad doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, and he does. He looks nothing like a party guy like this guy in the photo. And um, but those snapshots, all those snapshots, give me a reality into you know, um, and it gave me a reality into the fact that my dad has this past that I've I wasn't a part of, but I have to you know I have to grasp the fact that you know my dad's done all these things, has all these stories that he hasn't told me, and um, I have to figure out how it came to this human being, right? This human being that's in front of me, mm-hmm. and when you look at when you look at these old practices, you look at. Um, uh, prophecies and you look at all these kind of things these are all snapshots and trying to tell us who this Jesus is in our lives right it gives us insight if you want to get to know him more well we're going to look at the temple we're going to look at these holidays why why did they do these things on the holidays why did he get them to, to do that why eat these certain foods blah 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 when you when you start making these discoveries you're actually starting to learn more about Jesus Christ who loves you. So there's these um these things that we're talking about, these things that he's come to replace. Uh although they may have been replaced, they are still significant. They're still, in, they still um, they had a purpose and, and they have a purpose, I guess, for us to understand them as well today. To understand yeah, to understand yeah. Jesus. You need mm. to understand who he is, you know, and and it gives us a lot of insight. Um you know, I, I'm talking about <laughs> talking about my dad, you know, talking about replacement. Talking about uh, when I ask, because the story I do know, when I ask the question, Dad, how did you go from that to this? Yeah. <laughs> he says he decided to give his life to Jesus. Wow. You know, 
And um, one of the amazing things, because I have friends that, um, you know, they're trying to quit uh, quit smoking and and drinking. And uh, one of the things Dad said that was amazing that happened in his life, and and I'm sure this doesn't happen with every person that wants to quit smoking. He said he prayed, and his prayer was, um, God, I, I don't want to smoke anymore. I spent a lot of money on it, and I need to spend it on my kids mm. <laughs> and do these things for my family. He said the very next morning, the craving was gone. I, That's a miracle, man. Yeah, like, that, I, that I, is I, a miracle. I, yeah, you, I talked to my, my friends at some moment. I said, oh, mm. look, man, it's not there. You know, my brain thinks about it. My blah, blah, blah thinks about it. Mm. And... Uh, Sorry, Jason, you going to say something? I was, you know, it's a it's a both a habitual thing, I guess, smoking and and other things, um, but also physically addictive. So for that to happen overnight, it's a rare it's a rare thing that that That's can right. happen like that. That's right. Yeah, um, Dad said he was really determined. Though he said um, uh, when he was doing Bible studies, and then he was discovering who Jesus was, looking at some of these things like the temple and all that, and realizing, wow, man, I'm a I'm a valued child of God. He was determined to change his life around, you know. So I I um I think there's something about that. But this is a reminder too of this this uh, story that we've looked at. My my dad decided to give his water, give him go goes himself to the water and say, I need purifying, right? And then Jesus replaces his bad habits with new ones mm. and it's it's well it's um you know psychologists and everyone they they, uh, they studies the the human mind they've come to this realization that you can't just quit something and leave a gap there this vacuum you don't just quit smoking and then you know and i guess if you leave if you leave the gap there like a vacuum you're going to fall back into that same habit pretty easily yeah that's right you know and, and it needs to be replaced with something else with a good habit you mm. know um I don't know, eating an apple, apple a day keeps the dentist away apparently. But you know, just just something something else. You know, so rather than um, r- rather than uh, you know, going to or rather than swearing or something like that, you intentionally say, "I'm going to try and say words that are going to make people feel better," mm. and that's replacing what you were doing before. You know, and, and rather than um, yelling and something at your children, okay, um, you know, when this happens, I'm going to try and control it, and I'll. You know, put a sticker on the on the refrigerator or something instead. But it, there needs replacement, not just leave a gap there. Mm. You know, and it uh, and, and when it comes to these type of things that we struggle with, um, these as you said, habitual things. I hate some of the the habits that that I have. One of one of the vices. Um, I think I've shared with this this with you before, Jason. I love a good grape juice. <laughs> like, yeah. I love grape juice. We're just talking about, and but grape, I love it too grape much. Grape juice is good, but too much is uh, oh, yeah. perhaps not so good. <laughs> yeah, I love it too much, and I love it too. I really love it if it's carbonated. If it's a fizzy grape juice, yeah, uh, I'm I'm all in. So one of the things that I've had to do, <laughs> and it's only only something I've taken on since uh, last year, is drinking like um, just sparkling water, fizzy water. Yeah. Fools the body into thinking you're having something carbonated, but there's really nothing in it. You know, it's it's replaced a bad habit that I that I put myself in. You know, and um, and uh, you know, my kids now they go, "Geez, you're fancy with your sparkling water, aren't you?" But <laughs> so help me out, help there's, me out. I'm just trying to replace a, a bad habit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so yeah. the key the key takeaways uh, today, David, for our listeners. Hmm. What would you say are the, 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 the fundamental messages that you want people to remember from this uh, discussion? Great question. It's this. I know there are things in our lives that uh, 
we're trying to find value in, we're trying to uh, enjoy life, it just loses its taste, it, lo- it goes stale. And there are habits that we we want to get rid of too, and we think, man, I just, you know, I want to I get into a better habit, better routine. And um, I want to tell you from the story that we just read, there's only one place that you can get that ability to have power over those things, is to give it up to Jesus Christ. And uh, I can tell you, it definitely is an exciting life. Uh, the challenges that come, um, you know, it's a it's a it's a great ride with Christ. And I and I pray and I hope that for if that's you that can resonate with what I'm talking about, then please text that number, yeah. get this book, yeah. get to know Jesus more, read this passage again, and just uh, realize that, like the disciples, the mother, the the, the servants, the guests. Have, have that encounter with Jesus Christ. And and recognize that we actually need Jesus, like that song said. Mm. You know, we need mm. Jesus. So uh, the code for today, Logos number one, L-O-G-O-S number one. That's the code to get this book, Real Peace, Real Answers. Um, so next week on your program, David your Encounters with Jesus program. Next Monday, what what can our listeners look forward to? We can look forward to this most famous text, John 3, verse 16. And uh, we're going to flesh it out with a conversation that Jesus had. He encountered with uh, Nicodemus and what it means to, um, to look at this Amazing love and grace that Jesus has when we, we flesh it out. It's going to be very interesting. I, I, um, I've talked about this a lot. I've studied this a lot, and I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing it on Faith FM. Next week on, on Monday, 9 a.m. Uh, or if you're listening in Tassie, you can also catch us at 4.30 p.m. each weekday. But with David next Monday, now we have this uh, other code that you can send in or this other word, live more, text in to the same number, live more, one word. If you're interested in getting information about the Live More Project, and uh, there are many places around Tasmania where we're going to be running those uh, programs. So we do encourage you to text in 0488880891, live more. Tomorrow's program is with Gary Webster, and he's uh, the archaeologist, he's a theologian, he's a a world-class presenter and speaker, and he'll be talking about the terrorists of the ancient world. So we hope you can join us both next Monday and tomorrow with Gary Webster. We are out of time now. But we do hope you enjoy the rest of your day, wherever you are, wherever you're listening. And this is Faith FM with Tazzy Encounters.